The Outlet. The Talk of Southland. Welcome to The Outlet, your interview podcast for the Southland app. At the end of this month, the Canterbury Mountain Radio Service will be closing down after 55 years. This is a massive end of an era. Stuart Burnby from Tiano has been involved in search and rescue and Canterbury Mountain Radio for over 30 years and will be doing one of the last weather broadcasts in the morning on the 30th of June. We chat about his history in the area, the importance of the service and how it's all going to work from now on. This is The Outlet. Hi, Stuart. Welcome to The Outlet. Thanks, Ebrin. Now, could you give me a bit of your background and some information about the Canterbury Mountain Radio Service and its significance in the region? Well, I was brought up in Fiordland in the, on the side of the Milford Road, actually. But around about early 60s, my father went cray fishing and my mother ended up running the shore station, ZLCE, for many, many years as a kid, I used to get on there and play on the radios. So radios was quite, always had a fascination for me anyway. And then, of course, when in 69, when I left school and went fishing, the HF radios was our means of communication. And I had to get my restricted license. I was going to get my ham license then as well, but in those days, you needed Morse code knowledge. That didn't, didn't do me any good. Then, oh, when I gave up fishing in 83, you went away for a while. I came back about 30 years ago to Tiania, spent some time with my parents. I got approached to be an agent for the Southland Field Radio Service based in Invercargill because of the, you know, we get a lot of hunters and trampers around here. So I says, yeah, I'll, I'll help out. So yeah, I took on the agency. And later on, they wanted to close down. They couldn't get operators and the um, Ray and those that were running it had just had enough. So they they ended up selling it to the Canterbury Mountain Radio Service. And yeah, I was quite busy up here. So I thought, okay, let's approach and see if they want an agency in Tiania. And uh, they jumped at it. And so I ended up with oh, 49 radios based here in Tiania. And during the height of it, they used to be all out, and especially during the roar and the wapiti's bugle, where in the early days we had two periods. You had 14 days on the, on your block. Those 49 radios were all out, and they'd, they'd do the first period, and then they'd come in, I'd check them over, write up the paperwork, and they'd go out for um, another 14 days. And then later on, the the Wapiti Foundation changed over and they started doing 10-day operations in four periods. And then when I became an ambulance officer and got into search and rescue on the helicopters and that, the radios were quite... Well, they were very good because we knew what we were going to when they um, called out because the way it works is... We've got two remote transmitting stations, one at White Rock, north of Christchurch, and one at um, way up in the farm in Glenorchy. HF is very susceptible to industrial noises, and by having them remote, Glenorchy station has also a telephone link and a computer system there. Like at work, I'd have my computer tapped into that 
station at Glenorchy and if somebody called up during the day I could answer them and well yeah get on the telephone connect into the system and call and find out what was going on right we've got a problem we need to um, set something in motion we know exactly where they are plus we could give them reassurance that we're on the way but technology has taken over. What do you think are the main factors that led to the decision to close down the service after 55 years? The main reason was financial. As I said previous, we used I used to have 49 radios out, during, especially during the roar, and hunters and that would take it. But now PLBs, or personal locator beacons, haven't made too much of a change, but the things like Garmin inReach, where you can text out, text in, and, and that sort of thing, working off the satellites. People have just been buying those sort of things. They're a lot simpler. The radio, you've got 60 metres of wire, you've got to hang out and that sort of thing. And the inReach is a lot smaller. So like last roar of my 49 radios, I only used six of them for the whole month of March uh, or half March, April. We just weren't getting the hires. The money was, um, we were losing money because you've got repairs and maintenance and that, you know. And I think they got, we worked it out. We needed to spend about 100000 modernising equipment and that sort of thing. And, you know, we're all getting older and there's not the young ones coming through. So were there some challenges in getting new operators and volunteers for the Mountain Radio mm-hmm. Service? Well, originally, when I came involved with the Canterbury Mountain Radio Service, Paul White was the main operator and he virtually owned seven days a week, three skids a day, 8.30 in the morning, noon and one at 7.30 at night. As he got older, his health packed up on him and he had to retire. So it sort of, that was when I got involved in actually doing the broadcast. So I says, well, I'll help out. I'll do Monday to Friday, 8.30 in the morning and occasionally I'll do the other skids just to help out but mostly it was Monday to Friday 8.30 skids. Sometimes it was a wee bit difficult to to fill though to have somebody there for the especially the 7.30 skid and sometimes during the weekend Martin, Belch and Dunedin tended to fill in most of what I wasn't doing. So in terms of emergency response and safety what sort of impact do you think the closure of the service will have in the region when it comes to like rescue operations and weather monitoring? I, I think with the technology we've got, like the inReach, as I say, you can text out and or you can arrange for somebody out in Civi to send your text with weather forecasts on a regular basis. It's it's also twenty four hours. The only thing that worries me a wee bit, a couple of years ago, because it's computerised, somebody overseas got into the garment system and hacked it and shut some of it down. I say to people, if you're going in the bush, inReach is nice, a PLB is an absolute must. Because the PLB, you push the button, there's a signal goes up to the um, satellite and within probably two minutes, Rescue Coordination Centre in Wellington has your coordinates. They don't know what you're going to, but things here are happening. With Within probably five, ten minutes, there's um, a crew getting ready to go and find out what the problem is. The inReach have emergency button as well, 
but the signal goes to America and then they look at it, oh, coordinates, okay, that's New Zealand, so then they forward it on. And there has been some delays of anywhere up to an hour with the inReach. So we're all stressing that inReach is nice to have, but a beacon is the absolute must these days. There's no excuse not to have them. You can hire them. The Southland Beacon Trust down here have them for hire. So, you know, you, there's no excuse. And it, it's it's not very expensive when you think of the, the safety side of things. And the terrain you're going into too is a little bit unforgiving, isn't it? It is very unforgiving, yes. So you're doing the last broadcast for this. So tell us about when that's happening and, uh, and how you feel about doing that. Well, it's not actually the last. I'll be doing the morning forecast. There'll be another one at 7.30 on the 30th, which is next Friday. A wee bit sad. In some ways, it's, it, it releases me a wee bit because, you know, I go to work at about 8 o'clock in the morning, just after 8, sort of get the workshop opened up and then... Um, 8.30, I've got to have the computer all set up with the weather forecast on it, ready to go. These days, because there's very few people using the radios, I can be finished within five minutes, read out excuse me, the uh, weather forecast, and then ask if there's anybody out there, and that's it. Um, one of my regulars, there's a, there's a chap that lives up the head of Lake Alabaster, and every Monday morning he calls me and we have a bit of a chat and that and tells me what's going on up there and, and stuff. But So, you know, I'm going to miss old Bruce. <laughs> He's a bit of a character. But, yeah, no, it, it's going to be a sad day. You know, I was busy yesterday packing up the radios and that, ready to go back to Christchurch and just thinking, you know, 30 years, it's... Um, it's a few days gone by. It has, and, and you've probably helped a lot of people in, the, in that time too, Stuart. Yeah, there was quite a few because I was, as I said, you know, I was medic on the, res- the rescue helicopter here in the early days for about 12, 13 years. So um, not only was I receiving calls and arranging things at times, I was out there helping them. I got a, t- uh, a um, text from one of the police officers that used to be in the Invercargill Police SAR squad the other day just saying how sad it was to see it all going and, and that and thanks for the service and that and help. Because as I say, you know, the ra- at least with the radio when they called up and we say, oh, they say, what? oh, one of our mates has fallen over and got a buster leg and that we knew exactly what we were going to in those days look i just want to thank you too for everything you've done in the area and for your service with that over the years and i wish you all the very best for um what will be the last day and thanks for having a chat today that's all right yeah i've still got the amateur radio and you know um ham radio with the new zealand amateur radio association we have the um what we call AREC, Amateur Radio Emergency Communications. So we provide communications for the likes of the police, search and rescue, civil defence and equipment. And we do events as well, like the Kepler Challenge and Basin Trail Bike Riders and that sort of thing. So I'm not getting away from radios completely. (laughs) Well, thanks so much. Have have a great day, eh? Oh, we will. Thanks, Brett. And uh, thanks for the chat. The Outlet. From your Southland app. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Outlet. The Outlet is produced and published by the Southland app and supported with funding from the New Zealand Public Interest Journalism Fund. 
If you have a story or an interview you think should be featured on the Outlet Podcast, get in touch by clicking on the contact button on the Southland app. The Outlet is available on the podcast button of your Southland app and wherever you get your podcasts.